Welcome to Shades of You podcast, where we're going to be talking about life, love, and the lessons we've learned. And how we use our different experiences to shape our relationship as an interracial couple and a blended family. What's good, family? It's your boy, Carrie. Hey, and I'm Kat. And today we're going to be talking about what? Baby making. Oh! And uh, infertility uh-huh. and beyond. Some really good, you know, it's a really good topic um, just because there's so much that's grouped in that that I don't think a lot of people really talk about. I mean, I don't know why, like, you know, infertility, baby making, well, not baby making, but infertility (laughs) itself is such a taboo subject. You know, everybody wants to talk about getting a freak on. Yeah. (laughs) But (laughs) when you're trying to have kids and sometimes you may have issues or like, how do you go about it? So I think that that's something that we want to kind of shed some light on. Yeah. All right. So um, let's do a little backstory about us in particular so been married, mm-hmm. it'll be five years coming up. And I know that we were trying um, to have a little one, a little, a little love nugget. <laughs> <laughs> um, being that we are a blended family, um, married prior, I have three sons from previous relationships. So, and so I know for us, we were like, if it doesn't happen or whatever, like we have, we still have three beautiful sons mm-hmm. but I know it's, it's something about a desire of your heart that you've talked about even when we first got together that you wanted to be a mommy you wanted to have kids you wanted to birth something you wanted to hold and encase yeah. um, a child and so um, you even talked about starting the process and so um, you want to kind of jump into how we started the process yeah um, <clears throat> so we didn't get pregnant right away and so we went to see a doctor and just obviously had to do a lot of blood work, a lot of testing. And um, while like age could have played a factor, yeah, um, I'm close to 40 at this point. Um, on top of that, it's just, it, it could be the health of my eggs. It could be all these different things that play into why it was not happening. Right. And so they said, let's go ahead and attack this aggressively and we will put you on medication and then we will start out doing IUI, which is intrauterine insemination. A lot of people don't know about this as an option because they, most people have heard of IVF and assume IUI is like the same thing, but it's not. The biggest difference between IUI and IVF is you, you are still doing all the shots and medications and all of that stuff. Um, but instead of them harvesting your eggs and taking them out and fertilizing them and then implanting them back into you, they are allowing the eggs to grow. They're triggering your ovulation and then they're inseminating just basically, it's like a turkey baster just to get the sperm closer to the eggs. Mm -hmm. Um, so they still are doing, it's still in the natural environment. Um, and it's the step you take before IVF in a lot of cases. Got you. So I want to just, you know, while you were talking, I was thinking about a couple of things that I know our listeners um, don't know us and our backstory. So, you know, each week we we do an episode. It's kind of like they're getting a snapshot into our lives. So um, prior to us even meeting, we both lived different lives and we had different relationships or whatever. So yeah. my first son, Jaden, our first son, Jaden, um, our oldest um, when his mother and I were together, we were married. We had to go through fertility treatments. 
And um, I remember because I was a soldier at the time, my mom and everybody on that side was thinking that I got exposed to some weird stuff at, when I was at war that maybe kind of like um, caused me to not be fertile. Or, and I had um, testicular torsion when I was 19, so we weren't sure about that either. So there were a lot of different factors. Um, and I remember um, it was sim- like there was a sense of shame almost that people were projecting on me um, that like, oh, it's my, it might be your fault. And I, I think there are times um, in our society as a culture, as a whole, like we may make couples feel like there's something wrong with them. Yeah. And I, yeah. and mind you, I was like 20, 20 in my twenties, like 24 or something like that. So like my will was a little bit stronger, you know, but I, I, I took a bruising, you know, because I was like, man, like everybody, you know, my Jane's mom at the time, my mother is making me feel like it's my fault. It's got to be you because, you know, you got exposed to some crazy <laughs> gases when you were at war or you had this surgery when you were 19 in the military. So it's got to be your fault. And I remember going through the process and just even having to, uh, you know, come up with a sample in a cup. And I remember my first time I went to... Uh, this military hospital, mind you, I, I had, I was a staff sergeant. So for those who don't know um, what rank is, I, I was like E6 on a scale, e, like enlisted goes all the way up to E9. So I was an E6, um, had a significant rank. I ran different platoons and different things like that. So I'm going to, this is a military doctor. I'm going to uh, put my sample in. Now, one of the nurses was a specialist. And I, back in the day, I was very cocky and I was very arrogant it's tapered off a whole lot from what I used to be. But um, I probably said some flip and slick or whatever. So I, when I, after, you know, when I first got there waiting, cause I was tired of waiting. Cause I was very impatient. I was like, I really want to just get in and get out. Cause I don't want anybody to know what I'm doing when I'm dropping off a sample. So when I went to drop off my sample, um, she was like, is this it? And that crushed me. Like it totally so crushed mean. me, crushed me. Um, and she was like, no, 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 I'm just joking. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But like she was getting me back because I was being impatient. I was being a butthole earlier to her. Um, but that <laughs> stigma kind of all like, you know, got in my mind or whatever. And I was like, man, so we wind up having a son. We were able to get pregnant and we wind up having a son. So just going through that process, just realizing a lot of the stuff that I carried with me, I suppressed. So now when we started to try and had to go through the kind of the process all over again, I wasn't nearly as like cringeworthy like I used to be, but I definitely had moments when I would have to go to that room and like do a sample and be like, dang, here we go again. I don't, I really, it just felt unnatural, even to the point that I, we talked about it. And I was just expressing like how difficult it is for me um, having to do that. And I, I just well, felt- Well, honestly, there was one point, okay, so I'm just going to back up a little bit. We- started getting treatments a year ago in, I think it was January, Mm -hmm. 2019. Um, And so like January, 2019 is when we started. um, And like we got pregnant on our first IUI cycle in February. So that, you know, we were really excited. And then at like five weeks, we lost it. Mm -hmm. Um, It just wasn't a strong pregnancy. It ended up being, being a chemical pregnancy, which is a super early miscarriage. And little did I know that is super common. And one out of five pregnancies end in miscarriage. And it's, it, it is what it is, you know, I, but I didn't know that. 
And it was heartbreaking. I didn't know that either. Yeah. I mean, I had I had no idea. That's why they tell you, like, don't make an announcement until after the first trimester because after that first trimester, your percentage of miscarriage goes down to, like, 2% or something. It gets way less. Yeah. So um, we, you know, we tried after that a couple times, but I think between you giving the samples, we were not really in a great place. Um, and then just some other factors and just feeling like you were, you felt like, well, I've done everything to like help get you pregnant and it's not I, And I'll tell you why I felt that way. Like we were, I mean, because I understand that you wanted a baby so bad and it just felt like that's all that it, I felt like I was just a sperm donor because there was so much emphasis put on it. Like, yeah. you know, cause you would ask, like you would ask the doctor, like, how, how is the sample? Like, is this, and this, and this, and I'd I wanted like, to, I'm like, bro, like I'm not just so informed. I wanted to be like overly informed. I wanted to know, okay, so like, what are, what are the odds? Because if I, if I'm the problem and my, I'm not producing as many eggs as I should because I'm older now and, and you're making up for my lack it's like what's our what what are really our chances? Because I should say that we were given a ten to tw- a tw- ten. I think it's a ten percent chance. Yeah. Each time, and actually, each time you do it, your percentage decreases. Go, yeah, it goes down. So we hit a point where you were like, "That's it. I can't do this anymore." Yeah, because I mean, I really felt like it. It wasn't. Number one, it did not feel organic, but then two, like you requesting every single time, like you asked the doctor, like, well, how much was the sample? Like, what's the mobility? Like, da 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 da. And I'm like, yeah. man, this is. I mean, there was always good news. They were always like, I understand amazing. it was good news. Like, I wasn't yeah. worried about that. I just didn't like the, the approach because it just did, to me, it felt like it was so statistical, like as if I'm just a dude that's going to nut in a cup to get you whatever. You know what I mean? It just, it didn't feel like, mm-hmm. like I wasn't even a person. It was just like, I need this course, from you. I need you. You know to do. that, of course. You but I'm, I'm just me. saying, like at that particular time, yeah. that's why it took a, such a, a mental and emotional toll on me. I'm like, and what, like, what's really going on? So, I mean, it felt like, and I, and I was expressing to you, like the desire was greater than who I was. Mm. And I just felt like I was nothing. Like I, you get whatever you got to get out of me, and then because that's what everything was. And I'm like, man, I'm right here. Like I'm a person. Like you don't have to ask for the stats. All it takes is one and we good. Like you got to just chill, like just calm down. But I understand the sense of urgency, you know, now that, you know, we're not in that place, but just during that particular time, it felt like it was a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes in my opinion, I don't think men are necessarily like, because I mean, men don't maybe not express themselves all the time or talk about it, but they're they're how they feel about it is even validated because A lot of women are just like, you know, me, me, this fertility and my, you know, whatever. And I'm like, but the dude, like, you don't, I don't think anybody ever asked him emotionally how he's doing. Right. How is he feeling? What kind of pressure? I mean, and then for me, I, I started to even second guess myself. Like, is there something, you know, wrong with me? Because I mean, I granted have three sons. I'm like, I haven't had any issues. But now psychologically, I'm thinking like, well, it's not happening for us. Like, is there something wrong with me? Was I exposed to something that I, you know, I mean, you start to question mm-hmm. all of these different things that I, that, you know, that made me think that most men never really, nobody really ever ask because everything about when it comes to fertility, it's more catered generally to women, in my opinion, like everybody's asking like, you know, if a woman has a miscarriage or there's so many things that are wrapped around it that are catered to women that nobody really just, dudes get excluded in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. 
So we took a break for a while. Yeah. And we worked some things out in our own lives, in our marriage, but individually as well. We started going to therapy um, separately. Yeah. And when in November we we were like, okay, let's get back to trying again with mm. help. So we went back to it and would you say this time was different, right? We had yeah, because totally we talked approach. we talked out the different things. So I think that was healthy of us going to therapy, being able to talk to one another and talk about, you know, how I was feeling. So my feelings felt like they were valid. You took a whole different approach. Like it was it was such night and day from the first time. It was just like I was much more go with the flow. Yeah, and not, you know, you didn't ask about any statistic. Yeah, Yeah. which is really cool. I mean, because it's already already an invasive process anyway. Yeah, I think I hit a point where it's like, I already knew you're going to give a good sample, but like whether we had a good sample or not, it's like totally out of my control. Yeah. So like why stress about it? Let's just go, you know, through the process. So we tried in November, we tried in December, um, actually we tried it. I don't even remember the, the timing, but we tried, it didn't work. I think we tried again. It didn't work. Then they were like, Hey, you have a polyp, mm-hmm. a cervical polyp. We need to go in and we need to remove it. So we set an appointment. So of course for that whole month we couldn't try and I had to go on like birth control. They removed the polyp. Everything was good. We did a, a new cycle. It didn't work. I created, or I developed a cyst. Yeah. On my ovary. And they were like, hey, we need to get rid of this. So they put me back on birth control. The cyst went away after it was like a, a double cycle that they put me on. So uh, within like two weeks, we tried again. Um, it didn't work. And, you know, like that's frustrating because I'm putting needles in my stomach and I'm yeah. swallowing pills and I'm working out. But I'm not losing weight. I'm, I feel like fluffier than ever. And I know it's the drugs because every time I stop taking the drugs to do something different, then I start slimming down again. Um, <clears throat> so mentally, that was starting to get to me. And then um, when they took me off of birth control, uh, the time that we got rid of my cyst, uh, my eggs were very suppressed and they didn't, it was like they were sleeping and they didn't want to wake up yeah. and to start producing. And it's kind of scary because I'm getting closer to 40. Right. So it's like, am I messing my whole system up at this point? Am I going to be able to create? Yeah, that was a, that was a tough process of like, we, we, the doctors see an issue and they're trying to work through the issue. But like, I feel like time was not on our side. It's right. just like, what do we do? And it's like, in this whole process, your hands are tied the whole time because none of this stuff is in your control. Uh, even when we first started, just to even go back a little bit further, I felt like our first initial doctor's visit, like she was cool. She was super nice. She gave us like the run now, but I felt like she wasn't aggressive. I'm an aggressive person when it yeah. comes to attacking a problem. I'm like solution-based. So whenever you come to me, like when I'm running my company or when I'm running my band or team or whatever, I'm really aggressive. Like we got to figure out this solution and we got to go by, you know, balls to the walls. We got to get it done. And I just felt like her approach was a little kind of like nonchalant. I'm like, yo, we're not like spring chickens. Yeah. You know, we need to have some sort of aggressive thing. And so like along this journey, we started to get like different kind of. In November, starting in November, the people, the doctors and nurses we were seeing, we're like, they started getting really aggressive. Really aggressive. And I was like, I love that approach, even to the point that they were like trying to change up the different medicines, being more yeah. aggressive. Because I mean, I was, 
in, they know the process, but I'm saying me as a husband watching his wife having to take needles and, you know, medications, her mixing up everything and then sticking her stuff in the stomach with these needles. Like no husband wants to see his wife do that. So I'm like, yo, we got, I want to stop this. Cause I mean, it's painful for me. I'm watching you like getting different bruises on different sides of your stomach and you trying this. And then I know we did all of this. Um, to lose all of this weight and then now you're fluffing up and it's just like you're complaining about how like heavy you feel and how yeah. uncomfortable yeah. like your clothes don't fit right and I'm just like I just I'm just wanted to like I don't have that much hair because I cut it but I wanted to pull it out <laughs> and be like ah just I wanted to you know yell some curse words because I'm just like it's I feel like our, we can't like what are we doing and I, I think that's why we got to that point where we were just like you know what yeah so like February 1st was our last um cycle like our last insemination we were this time I came to you and I was like I think maybe like this is it because it hasn't happened I'm getting a lot older now Mm -hmm. my body I really am uncomfortable with I don't want to get any bigger I did a lot to lose weight and we'll talk about that in a future episode um but I did a lot to lose a lot of weight, and so I didn't feel comfortable with gaining any. Even if it was, like, temporary, I just felt really uncomfortable in my own skin. And so um, I was just like, I don't know I, if I can do this anymore. And then um, so we kind of came to that conclusion. Yeah, I, I think, we, I mean, you and, get exhausted. Yeah. Like, honestly, I mean, like, I mean, all the times we went down there to the fertility specialist, all the times we, you know, we would make jokes about it and we would have, we had good hearts and good spirits, but like, it's taken a lot out on us. I mean, the day that we did the last insemination, I had a basketball game, yeah. literally had to go in and like give a sample and then go try <laughs> to play basketball. And I was and like, and then we went from your basketball game to have lunch with a couple that does a podcast called Live Child Free. Mm-hmm. Check it out. And um, they are a couple that were unable to conceive and decided to embrace it. And now, um, like their whole their whole thing is being a family of two and embracing that and enjoying life. And so right. we we talked, and I think at that time we were like, okay, this could be our future. Yeah, know? we were just learning and, to you know kind of accept our new reality. Yeah, and and in general, it's great. To, it's great to meet people that are dealing with all kinds of different things and that live their life, um, you know, differently than you and and ways that you can learn from. So we had a really great lunch with this couple and then we left and um, we had to test like 12, 13 days later. Yeah, which was going to be on what day? Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And we had the best Valentine's Day ever because... We found out we are... We're pregnant. We're pregnant. We're expecting. And we, I did not think it was going to work this time. Neither and it was going to be our last time. Yeah, neither. So yeah, I definitely did not. Just because we've had so many no's, 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 no's. It just, we got accustomed to what it was. And yeah. this was our last time. That's why we were like, you know, we're pushing all the chips in. If it don't work, we're just going to be happy. You know, we have three yeah. handsome sons. Um, we love them. We have two beautiful dogs. You know, we have flourishing careers we're, we're just this is just what our reality is and we're just going to accept it and, and walk in that yeah so but now we're getting ready to have a baby and now we're going to be going to our first ultrasound on thursday and yeah. listening to the heartbeat and 
Um, I mean, there's just so much to be excited about. I, I was very cautious because of our losses and our loss in the past, and because of all the no's. Yeah. Um, to really like embrace this. So almost every day, I look at you and I'm like, babe, like I'm <laughs> pregnant, pregnant. Like there's very a baby true. inside of me right now. And I can't tell you, like, so I had to get to the the mindset of like not like trying to dull the shine. So I remember you were peeing on a stick, like. You're talking like, about back in the day, not this time. No. Like even this time, like when we found yeah. out, you were still peeing on the little thing to, uh-huh. to confirm that like it was still there. Oh yeah, like I kept every day I'd pee on sticks just to make sure the yeah. line it was getting darker and it was getting darker every day. But what are you saying? I'm just saying like like learning how to be in this space of not cuz sometimes I can be judgy and be like, "Well, what you doing, man? We straight." But I allow you to have that space and I think even how we've approached it, like of just being un- more understanding, you know, if you're talking about this or I have a symptom for this, I have a symptom for that. I think it's been really good. Let's really just enjoying the process yeah. of what this is. I try not to complain, but I just try to express to you like what I'm feeling and experiencing. Yeah. Um. And, and <clears throat> yeah. But I think that you give a good balance because I would be like peeing on the stick and worrying and then you'd be like, Hey, like we're pregnant. It's I mean, okay. It's, you gotta have a. You gotta have. I mean, for me, I'm. We're both faith based. Like, I'm not saying that I'm faith based and you're not. We're both faith faith based. I'm just of the mindset if I'm gonna believe something that you're not gonna be able to tell me ish. That's not whatever. So, if I saw a pregnancy, and I'll tell you, like I was telling you before, uh, I'll tell our listeners. Yeah. Um, when we were first going through this. You know, a lot last of time, year, last year, and you peed on the stick or whatever. I could see like the line was not as strong. So, am I after after uh, I like I've been doing it like I'm like I'm a super veteran, but I'm not a super veteran in this game. I could start to see engaged. Like when I saw the line, I was like, "Oh, this is strong. This is strong. Way different. This is, looks completely different." Well, like than, we had a digital positive pregnant test at and three even weeks. when we've done that before in the past, it hasn't been. But at three weeks, and that's like crazy. Yeah. So I could see that the lines were definitely more defined and more. So I'm like, I'm of the mindset that this is what it is. And even when you were talking to your dad about it, um, you know, like his, I know he worries a lot too. And you were just saying like, dad, if we only have to go off today, then I'm pregnant today. And when you said that, I was yeah. like, that's the kind of confidence you got to have every single day. So I live yeah. in that space. Like, I don't know any other way. Like, I believe that we're going to have a healthy full-term pregnancy with a beautiful baby and you can't tell me otherwise. So I'm going to go about- I love that because that gives me the strength to just be excited. But, you know, because we do know that like one-fifth of every pregnancy ends in miscarriage. So it's scary to just be like all in. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm on the mindset, like seriously, when I went to war- I just, I can't do the the worrisome, wishy-washy, like, if you're going to be on my team and if you're going to be worried, I you, leave you at the house. And that's kind of how I, like, I run my life and how I do whatever. So when it comes to us in this new chapter, I'm all in. Like, I mean, this is it. This is what we was what we prayed about. This is what we asked mm-hmm. for. This is what we went through, the stuff that we went through. And, like... And we keep having all these, like, confirmations. Yeah. Like... Aside from my test and aside from the fact that the doctors are like, yep, super pregnant, you're good, we'll see you, you know, for the ultrasound. Um, we have all these friends and family members that are pregnant right yeah, now. Yeah, tell them about what happened at your job. That was like crazy. That blew my mind. What happened? The king cake situation. Oh, <laughs> so Mardi Gras came along and there was a king cake 
And if you're not familiar, it's like a tradition at Mardi Gras to have a king cake. I think it started in New Orleans. A cake, and it has a little plastic baby Jesus tucked in it somewhere. And uh, whoever gets that piece of the cake with the baby Jesus in it, it, it's supposed to be like luck and prosperity for the rest of the year, for the new year, whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, I found... I found the baby Jesus in the king cake. You got baby Jesus. <laughs> and it was like a bronze color. So it, I just had to laugh because I was like. I'm just is, saying that's we're an interracial couple. And everybody at work was like, oh, who's having a baby? Who's having a baby? Oh, and the same day, yep. somebody brought chocolates. Like, congratulations. It's a girl uh, like baby shower chocolates to work and nobody knows where it came from, who brought it. Telling you. And somebody, like people were walking around, who's pregnant? Who's having a baby? And uh, of course I couldn't be like, um, I am. <laughs> and it wasn't mine. Like it was just so bizarre. And like I said, we've had a lot of friends and family members reach out and say that they're pregnant as well. Yeah. Um, 2020, I guess, is going to be a big year for babies. I'm telling you, it might be the new baby boomer kind of situation. I know. It's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's just all this positive reinforcement happening. Plus, I'm having, for sure, I'm having symptoms. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Because you talk about it. What are my symptoms? I mean, you talk about, you can smell everything. So, and then you talk about, you know, there's moments where you have a little bit of nausea. You feel like little electro electric twitches or I don't know, shocks or something. Well, that, that was like, it, that's kind of over now, but now you said <laughs> something the other day. Yeah. I don't know, but no, the big ones, like I'm tired. Oh yeah. You pass out, you go to sleep. I remember the first time you went to sleep <laughs> at like seven forty-five, and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like we got to take these dogs out. What are we doing? We got it. We got and I don't even think we knew I was pregnant that day. I knew you were, <laughs> I knew something was up because there's no, and, you're, and you weren't sick. There wasn't like, you got a fever or temperature or anything. You just passed out and like you slept hard. I was like, yo, she is gone. Like, and I get hangry. She had, like she was at work, like like building houses or something. Like it's crazy. <laughs> I get like so hungry and then I'll eat and then I'll be so hungry. And that's so unlike me. Yeah, completely. Um, and I be like ravenous. Like today we went to the dog park and we stopped at Target on the way home because I had to have... Um, what are those things called? Crustables. Crustables. I've only listen. I've only ever had those once in my entire life, and for some reason, I was just like, I must have. And you devoured two of them in the car. And you smashed them. I bought two boxes. Yeah. I bought one big box of like PB and J, and one small box of Nutella, and I ate two of the Nutella ones because it was in a small box. So I was like, and you look super happy. I was so happy. <laughs> And then we got home and I'm like, oh, I'm going to make this dinner and I'm going to smash it. And you smashed it. I did give you half of my salmon, though. I'm saying, I mean, you, you had food earlier, so. But you did smash the dinner. It was good. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I think everybody has a different experience. I follow a lot of people on YouTube. There's mm -hmm. a couple, um, Phil and Alex, that I love to watch that have been going through their infertility journey for years and years and years. And um, they had... Um, at least one failed IVF cycle. They did IUI prior to that. It didn't work for them. They adopted two little girls. And then um, they were going to, they sold their place and they packed up everything, bought a, an RV <clears throat> and decided that they were going to just 
go explore across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but they decided to do one last IVF treatment before getting onto the road and it took, and now they're pregnant and she's pregnant, pregnant and, <laughs> and they just found out they're having a girl and it's just so beautiful Yeah, and, um, well-deserved. I mean, God's timing is, is like another, especially when we, I mean, you have to sit back and laugh. We think that we have everything figured out or we have a plan or whatever. And God just like, <laughs> psych, gotcha. Yeah. This it couldn't have been a better time for us. Yeah, like it it makes sense why yeah, it didn't definitely. work before. I mean, but. especially where we are, what we went through, the things that we had to overcome and and endure. Um, and it's just like it is. A, it's a good time. I mean, seeing that you know the future where we are, and just you know the different plans that we have in the future. I mean, it it's perfect timing. Yeah. So we're having a baby, guys. Yep. We're really excited about it. So, yeah, we're excited. (laughs) Every time we look at each other, we get like, start smiling, get all giddy. Yeah, I have the hots for this guy. I have the hots for you too. (laughs) Um, We just hope that you enjoyed our story and maybe it gave you some insight into us. And then also, if you're going through any infertility issues, that it gives you some kind of hope. Yeah, peace of um, mind or something. You know, do what is right for you. Yeah. And if you want to keep trying and keep trying and keep trying, then do that. But try not to put yourself under too much stress. Too much stress and pressure. Um, and don't put too much stress and pressure on your partner. Yeah. Uh, just try and be as understanding and kind to each other as possible. Yeah. It's a difficult process for both parties. But you guys can get through it. Yeah. And there's so many other avenues to having children. But I know for me, um, I really wanted to be able to carry a child. Yeah. And so just to know that this is happening right now, just, I mean, I'm so elated. All right. So you can follow us on at Shades of You Podcast on Instagram. We are on Anchor. We yeah. are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on YouTube. So yeah, and if like if you want to follow us individually, you can follow us. I'm at at Carrie Two Spoon K E R O I the number two S M O T H on Instagram, and I am at Cat from Canada. That's K A T from Canada. All right, man. We love y'all. Stay up. <laughs>